The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to the evangelist St. Luke. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riots living. And when he had spent all, there arose a great famine in that land, and he began to be in want, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his eldest son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and entreated him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf, and he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and was alive again, and was lost and is found. Servant of God, Anthony. May God be with you, brother, in all things. Oftentimes, Orthodox Christians are asked by other people of other persuasions to call themselves Christians, do we believe baptism saves? Well, I guess the answer is yes. It's a hard answer for many people to accept. They don't understand how something can happen without being visible. But in the Old Testament, in many places in the scriptures, verses after verses after verses, which if properly interpreted and understood, point us to the efficacy of baptism for remission of sins, yes, and for creating a new man. 
I just wanted to read one verse, and I'm going to go in my sermon, which is something totally different. Just to give us some ammunition in our own minds and our own hearts against any doubts about the efficacy of the mystery of baptism. It's a mystery because we can't see everything that happens. But just like when Christ was baptized, the Holy Spirit was present, and the Father was present, so it is today. The Holy Trinity is present in this baptism, mystically, secretly, if you will, but also with some effect. St. Ephraim the Syrian wrote in his hymns on baptism for theophany many, many good verses which you can go through if you want to take a look at them sometime. There's literally hundreds of verses that point you to the mystery of interpreting the scripture properly, the deep things of God, if you will, the fourth level of interpretation, which is the spiritual interpretation. And here he writes about the prophet Elijah. You remember there was a time in the Old Testament when he went to the river, somebody lost an axe handle. A heavy piece of iron had fallen deep into the river and was lost. Of course, in those days, you couldn't just get out of the hardware store and get another one. This was a serious problem. Not something to make light of at all. That axe was at the bottom of the river and there was no way to find it. And so the prophet came to the water and threw a piece of wood into the water. And miraculously, that axe head, that heavy piece of iron popped up and they got it. Glorifying God and praising God for that miracle. Why did that happen why was that written? You know, the Lord says to the Apostle Paul that all things happening in the Old Testament were written for our admonition upon whom the end of the times came. In other words, the church age. And so here's a little glimmer for you into the darkness of our lack of understanding. The great Saint Ephraim writes this Elijah cast the wood into the water and made the heavy float and the light sink. Their natures were exchanged, the wood and the iron, in the water. There a new thing came to pass, not according to nature. How much easier then, O Lord, is this for thy grace, that in the water should sink transgression, which is heavy, but that the soul, which is light, should be drawn forth and raised up on high. Glory to God. May we read the scripture attentively and upon all these things. Today we celebrate the great Sunday of the Father's Son. We march towards Lent. Two more weeks till the battle starts. This is set before us for our consideration. And today, there's many things you can preach on out of this parable, but I wanted just to focus on one small thing in this whole passage. One small thought, one small expression, one small idea, spending, if you will, just one small moment asking ourselves of how we waste our substance. It said of the younger son, he went somewhere and he wasted his substance. What is it today to waste our substance? How do we do it? Why do we do it? What is it? This is what we will meditate on today by God's grace. And may the Lord shine light upon us so that our self-willed dissolution of our own selves will not occur without warning from Christ. He says that he wasted his substance. The word in Greek is usia. And that is the word that's used in the creed, for he is of one essence with the Father, essence of Lucia, homo Lucius with the Father. He's one essence. And that same word is used here to define what was lost by the prodigal son. He lost his essence, his substance. What is that substance but what God has given us? It's our eternal soul, our precious, our very precious soul. It's our life, our talents, our gifts, our spiritual gifts that he's given us. 
It's our time that we have on this world to do his will. It's everything that we have, but most importantly, it's what he gave us. He gave us treasure. It's indicative of what the Father gave the Son. That he could be deemed independent to go off into the world and sustain himself forever. We have this treasure too. And we're warned here in this passage that we can waste our substance, our usia, our nature can be wasted somehow. And so there's a warning that this riches that God has given us, this substance, this essence, is what is it that ties us to God. Just like God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit share one essence, it's inscrutable, it's undefinable, we don't know what it is. So in us, there's a secret hidden truth. that We are unique individuals, but we share something of God's image and his likeness. And that is what most concerning us we can waste. And so it is that this son went and took his goods and fell to him, and he went off into a far land. This is the verse. He wasted his substance. He took a journey into a far country, and he wasted his substance with riotous living. How does this journey start? We might ask ourselves. This journey to self-destruction. How does it start? But when the father is less valuable to us than what he possesses to give to us. It happens when we start seeing the world as really important and God's kind of dim. He's way out there somewhere. He's cloudy if he exists at all. But everything in the world is very alluring. And so when we decide to follow those things, we get far away from the Father. And this son, even though he lived in the presence of the Father, was far from the Father. In his mind, in his heart, in his soul, in his substance, his very essence was hidden from the Father. He did, the Father probably didn't realize how bad things really were until that day when he came and asked for half of his goods. He took them, he went off. He went off and he squandered them. He wasted them. He scattered them. These are different words to describe what he did with this treasure that his Father gave us. He took them all and he threw them away. All the valuable treasure the Father had given he wasted it somehow. It's interesting that when he wasted them, he found himself in a faraway place. He was in a far country. I think we scatter and we squander and we waste our substance when we're somewhere in a place that we shouldn't be in. We weren't designed to be in a place like this. Far away from the Father in riotous living. This place is a spiritual place. It's a mental place. It's a place inside of us where we go far away from God, far from the Father, chasing after the things of the world that will perish. This is a picture of the far country and joining ourselves to someone in that far away place, that citizen, he said, of that country, that some other place that we shouldn't be. This place is primarily spiritual, but it can be geographic also. How often we try to run from our problems and we go to places to, like, to get away from the problems of life or people that bother us or something else. It can be a physical place, but primarily the Lord's concerned about the inner place, the inner man. What's in our heart? What are we chasing after? What is our soul longing for? What is our brain teaching us that we should do? This is the far country that it goes off into. This is the where, I guess you could say, the one who scatters their possessions, going to a faraway place. And lastly, he is with a crowd that he shouldn't be with. So dangerous. Who you hang out with, that's who you are. 
You can tell somebody a lot about them by who your friends are. Your friends are good people? Are they God honoring people? Are they seeking after good things? Or are they people that are like this over here, just dragging themselves down, and they're surrounded with them? It's just like a big whirlpool of sin when a bunch of sinners get together, right? There's nothing good that comes out of it. This is what happens. It says he joined himself to a citizen in that far country. I think this is a it's a, it's a crazy idea that we get. It's crazy enough when things are going good and we're hanging out with the sinners and we've joined ourselves to them and we're doing what they do and thinking like they do and getting all their thoughts and all their music and all their ideas about life. It's crazy enough when things are good and we do that. It's really dumb when we're down and we're on the bottom, just like this man was, eating the husks of the swine, and we still want to be with those people. We still join ourselves to them. We're still attracted to them. It's like the end game, if you will, of the devil. When a man or a woman who is destroyed continues to seek those things, which have them in a place where they, they hate themselves, they hate their life, they want to end it. How crazy this is. This is a picture of how we are. Evil companions, corrupt good manners, the scripture says. How true it is. This one here, we had all his friends and they were all part and things were great. And then we went to a far country and kept on joining themselves right to the very bottom to evil companions. How sad. You know, one day he woke up, he came to himself. I think something about his essence, something about that inner substance, that image and likeness of God was awakened by the Holy Spirit somehow. God called him. Something happened. Besides just the outward things that we hear about him eating the husks, inside something resonated about the goodness of the Father's house. And he decided to came, come to himself and he went back home. Well, we're not going to preach the rest of the message. There's a lot more to speak about. But I want us to think about this. This man, this prodigal son, is somebody we need to claim. We need to claim him. We need to claim him as our own today because we're like him. We do the same things. Perhaps we're not feeding swine or in some other place of sin. Perhaps we uh, have evil companions and they're pulling us down. We won't forsake them and cleave to the Lord. So many things we can find ourselves in like the prodigal son. We have to claim the story, the whole of the story. I guess understanding that we went down and we got ourselves far from the Father and that we have only one place to go when we're there. Not to our bad friends, who certainly aren't going to help us, they got us there. But to the one who's able to deliver us, who wants to deliver us like that Father that was looking out across that field and when that sun came, he ran to meet him. This is your God. If you've never thought of yourself in humility as a sinner, like this one did, who got leveled down to the ground as low as you can go, roughly speaking, from a very high place to it was a big fall. We've never seen ourselves like that. We're going to miss the kingdom too. We are. We need to get the humility he had and the recognition of our sinfulness and also the recognition there's only one who can save us and deliver us from us all. Perilous life, if you will. The downward spiral. That's God himself. You see, the prodigal son isn't some faraway sinner in the gutter somewhere in New York City or Calcutta. He's you and I. May the Lord help us in humility to begin our journey to plan and to start to think about ourselves as sinful 
And in humility, might we lift up ourselves and our minds and our hearts, everything that's in our essence and our being, to God Almighty, who's able to heal us and deliver us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.